Well, welcome everyone to Big Game Sunday. That's going to be hard to do this, but I know we can. All right, let two people know for extra credit, three people know that God's Word will never fail. Come on, God's Word will never fail. 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 Hey, you, online, yeah, you, that's listening right now. You know who you are. God's Word will never fail. As we get to get into today, that's the perspective I want us to have because isn't it great to know that God's Word will never fail? I mean, quite honestly, today there's going to be a big game being played, right? And that big game is Puppy Bowl 20. Um, no? I don't think we get kicked off for that, do we? Ah, well, if we do, God is over it. Uh, Puppy Bowl 20, but for real, there's going to be a big game that's played, and what, what's going to happen is two teams are going to come together. They've been practicing all year. As a matter of fact, it started probably last summer, getting ready, having a game plan ready. Over these next two weeks, or these past two weeks, they've had a game plan ready that they think will not fail. Yet, in the end, one team's going to win. Is it going to be the Chiefs? No one cares. Is it going to be the 49ers? No one cares. Is it going to be Ursher? Yes, U-S-H-E-R, right? Is it going to break out? Is it going to be Taylor Swift singing at halftime? Don't hate it. I know. You don't want it. I know. Is it going to be Reba singing the national anthem? Here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. I mean, come on. Uh, is it going to be that? Is it going to be Post Malone talking about seasons? What and who is going to win? Maybe it's the commercials. But imagine this. What if neither team won today? Would they feel that they were successful? If no one hoisted up the trophy, would they think of themselves as a failure or a success? Probably a failure, right? So for us, how does that play out in our life? Well, when we work in our own strength, I hate to be honest with you, but I'll say we are bound to fail. Yet when we are in God, we will never fail. That's the perspective I want us to have today as we kind of put a bow tie on our prayer series and have some fun today with this big game Sunday and we share what our Vine 2024 word is and it is this, ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. If you've got your Bible today, let's unpack what that is with ask, seek, and and knock. So if you've got it, let's go ahead and get to Matthew 7. And you kind of want to mark two places in your Bible today uh, saying that as you mark those two places. You're going to want to be in Matthew and the book of Luke. We're going to have a little pit stop in between there in Isaiah. But you want to go ahead and get to Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to be in verse 7 and 8. If you're there, give me an amen. I hear they're there in the house of the Lord. If you need a Bible in the house of the Lord, they're always located in the garden. Once again, you can follow along for free on our Vine Church app. But we want to say thank you to all of our sowers who give of their time, talent, and treasure. And say thank you to our Vine production team right now. Zach got this ready, but it looks like our Vine production team, we've got, we got some folks back there. I'm blind, but it looks like Alyssa has been with Vine Worship, and Alex is back there making sure wherever you're watching around the world throughout the week that the Scripture is on the screen. Let's let them know we, we love them and we're thankful for them, that they are gifted to do this that, I would mess it up every time. So if you've got your Bible, let's see what Ask, Seek, and Knock is about. And I'm going to tell you, we got to get fired up today. we got to get some chocolate. Right now, I'm not going to be offended in the house of the Lord if you need to go over there and get you some energy, because we got to be excited today that God's Word will never fail. Here we go. It says this, 
ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. See, God's word will never fail. Doesn't this just sound like prayer a little bit? See, prayer is about asking God what he would have us do, seeking his will for our lives and only knocking on the door that he alone can open. And so there's no coincidence that we kind of wrap up prayer and we flow into this ask, seek, and knock for our church as we go into 2024. And the reason that this is important for us is as we've talked about prayer, different methods of prayer, how we can pray, what prayer looks like, but the most important thing we learned about prayer is it has to be prayed in what? Faith faith. So when we ask, seek, and knock, how can we be a part of God's word in asking, seeking, and knocking? Well, when we ask, we almost have to be like a beggar going for bread, right? If you want to know how to share your story, uh, I've heard evangelists say it this time, and it's been shared many times. If you really want to know how to share your story, your salvation story, you understand we're all beggars. The only difference is those of us in Christ are beggars and know where to find the bread, and so we point others to it. So as we ask the Lord, that's where we go to, him being our provision. We seek, we seek, we say, what is it that you want us to do, Lord? Where is it you would have us to go? What next step would you have us to take? Because that is the ultimate treasure, because what does God's word say? When we ask, we receive, but when we seek, we do what? Find. So we find it. So we ask and receive, we seek and find, and wouldn't you know, then we'll know what door to knock on, and it'll be opened. See, for all of us in Christ Jesus, that's how we can approach every day, asking, seeking, and knocking the Lord, what it, knocking the door, asking the Lord, what is it he has for us? Because when we do that in faith, when we ask, we receive. When we seek, we find. When we knock, the door will be opened. But you see, there's one thing that prevents that for all of us. It's this thing called sin, right? When we're in sin, we can't pray in faith it's, we, we, we struggle. What happens, what sin does, is it thinks that we need to ask a different question, or we need to ask someone else. we got to have a guru that teaches us how to do things. Somebody's got to give us a 12-step program, and that's the only way to be successful. So sin doesn't even let us ask the right questions. It makes us seek the wrong things, and it definitely goes to doors that are always slammed shut. And so today, whether you're watching, we're celebrating this. I can tell you in the house of the Lord, I'm thankful today. For the faith that I have in Jesus that when I ask, I can receive. When I seek, I can find. And when I knock, the door will be opened. But let me ask you this. Don't we ask, seek, and knock for the things we love? How many of us know someone that's difficult to buy gifts for? Maybe it's bad because they don't ask for anything, right? And that's terrible. And I'm terrible at that. I'm awful at that. I'll be honest with you. They don't ask for anything. But you see, Jesus gave us an order for this, and this is why we ask, seek, and knock. So hang in here with me. So if they don't ask for anything, then you don't know what to seek to find them, do you? Like, you don't know if I need bedroom slippers, a bathrobe, some towels. You can never go wrong with toilet paper. You are my friend. I just want to let you know. But you don't know what to find for them, so you go knocking on the wrong doors. So many times in our life, what happens is we get that out of order. We want to show up to the door and get mad at Jesus because it ain't open for us, because we go knocking on it, and it was the wrong door, because we didn't start by asking. See, when we ask, then we know what to seek. If you ask the person, what is your favorite thing in the world? And they say, money. 
cars, clothes, Jesus, whatever that is, you know what to get them. When we go to the Lord and we ask him what he would have for us, then we know where to be looking. Then we'll go to the right door and it'll be opened. So we have to make sure that we do it in the right order. Asking is prayer, right? And when we pray, isn't it evident what next step Jesus is calling us to take? So we know what to seek in his path. And then we know what doors along the path to knock on. Because all of us have heard about the gingerbread house in the woods, right? But it doesn't end so well for Hansel and Gretel, right? They knock on the wrong door. So today, why are we continuing to talk about prayer and what makes it so important? And it's simple. God's Word. Now, I told you to be in in Matthew and Luke, but let's look at God's Word really quickly in the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, Isaiah 55 and verse 11 tells us the importance of God's Word. This is God speaking himself to the prophet, and he says this, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what who, church? I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now, let me ask you something. Did that say that it accomplished what you and I want God to do or what he sends it out to do? Now, I'm not going to get there, but you know I'm going to get excited with it, so hang in here with me. Genesis 1, 1 through 5, John 1, 1 through 5, and verse 14 tells us what this word that God has. Remember, Genesis 1 through 5, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was void and formless. There was darkness over the land, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, and God did what? He spoke and said, let there be light. And he saw that the light was good, so he separated light from the darkness. And he called the light day and the darkness night, and there was the first day. God spoke, and life burst forth. God's word is life. Now, what is this word? John 1, remember it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. When those folks go knocking on your door early on a Saturday morning, share that verse with them. I promise you, it'll rock some worlds. Uh, You already know what I'm talking about. It's okay. It will, because they don't believe that Jesus was God, and he is God. It says it there. And then now that we know that he was with God in the beginning, remember verse 3, it says, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome it. Verse 14 is what we celebrate at Christmas. The Word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen the full glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. The Word of God, God's Word, it goes out and completes what he sets out to do. That's why as we talk about John 17, Jesus is the word of God and flesh for us. He says, Father, not my will, but yours be done. The word of God. Now, this is a, we can go to the Old Testament. Let's go back to what we celebrate. If you got your Bible and you, Mark, how many Mark, Matthew, and, and Luke you got there? Let's get to Luke 1. Luke 1 really quick. Now, we just celebrated Christmas. This is Gabriel talking to Mary when he said, hey, you're going to have a baby. That baby's going to be the son of God, and you're going to name him Jesus, and God has sent this to you, and this is what is going to happen. Now, before Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant, and I will do it, verse 37 is the last thing that she says to Gabriel, and it is a about God's word, and it says this, for no word from God will ever fail. Mary is understanding that God's word's not going to fail her, and if she rests in that, then she can be his servant, 
And we talk about how she is favored as his servant, right? She gives birth to the Son of God. Now, I don't think any of us are going to be out here giving birth to the Son of God because he's already came for us, which is great. We don't have to bear that responsibility. But what we can do is have faith in the Word of God like Mary did. We were joking around a little bit earlier, saying it was kind of like, like Man of Your Word from Maverick City, right? You've probably heard that on the radio. It's probably two or three years old. And if you said it, we believe it. You've heard that, right? Because you are a man of your word, right? Like everybody's getting excited. Man, y'all got, we got to get some. I'm going to come back out here and come back again. I need to get some pyro in here. We got to get excited. If you said it, we believe it. What if we live like that? How many of us live like that today? I know I'm not, I'm guilty of it. I don't always do that. If God said it, he believe it. If he said he is going to do what he said he was going to do, that's, that's great. But God, I don't like the way that you put me in it. Stephen getting stoned. We just read that in our Bible, Joel, in our Bible reading plan. Stephen getting stoned. I'm sure if God said, hey, here's how it's going to play out, Stephen. You're going to tell people about me, and they're going to stone you. He's probably just like, hold on now. Now, is this completely done, or can I, like, step back? Can we get a rewrite? Like, is this something? Can we go back and change it just for a moment? But see, if God said it, we have to believe it. We can walk like Mary, and if we believe like that, what if we did that and went out asking, seeking, and knocking where God calls? How much easier would it be to share the hope of Christ if we knew his word would never fail, even inside of us? So how can we have that faith today? Well, I want to go to something in Isaiah 55, 11, just real quick. We're not going to go back there, but I want, to, I want to say, what is it that God said that his word will not do? It will not return to him what? Empty. If we really want to go asking, seeking, and knocking, and trusting the word of God will not fail, you and I have to go to him empty. Because we can receive his word then that won't return empty. See, we don't like that. See, we're here talking about the big game and we get excited. We love to have things in our hands, don't we? Even if we fumble them, even if we make mistakes, we throw interceptions, we create turnovers, we love the illusion of control. Because God, you can have 99.9% of my life, but this thing right here, man, I got two hands. They ain't tackling me. I got this. I'm going to score, Lord. I'm going to be successful in my own will. Yet we're only going to fail. Because there's only one thing in this word that doesn't fail, this world that doesn't fail, and it's what? God's word. God's word. So today, the reason we've been walking through a few things is we've got to be reminded, we, we got some forgiveness cards we'll dive into for a second, but the reason we're going through this is right now all of us carry something in here. And the whole point of gathering as a community is so that we can share the load of doing that. And how do we share the load and share the burden of everything we brought in here? It is to pray and walk side by side, step by step with each other. That's why we do it. So today, as we can do that, let me ask you, if my hands are full, am I good at knocking on the door? I'm good at probably saying some four-letter words because I'm just trying to get in the house, Lord. I just picked up the groceries. It's raining, right? But I can't knock on the door. Is it easy to seek? Because I got to dig down in the bag to find my keys if they're in my purse. Uh, not my purse, but pray for whatever. You know what I'm saying. If it was in my, is that a purse, a man purse? Squirrel, side note. But for real, I'm not effective at seeking. I'm not effective at knocking. And if I'm not effective at those, it's because I didn't first start by asking the right person. And so that's why here at the Vine, our word is ask, 
seek and knock. We shared a little bit earlier, I shared a little bit earlier in our, our prayer time. It's, it's crazy. Sometimes, you know, you get those little God winks in your life. Like, all right, Lord, I heard you. Like, I don't know about you, but those are one of those things like, you know, I'm not, I'm not asking the Lord. To, I, I think of Elijah, you know, when, on Mount Carmel when he came down and he lapped up the sacrifice and the, the prophets of Baal are all there. He's like, all right, Lord, I heard you. Right now, a lot of folks uh, in this world we're in right now, prayer seems to be popping up everywhere, and forgiveness seems to be popping up everywhere. And it's no coincidence the Holy Spirit has us talking about those things, and that gets me excited. So what I'm excited about is as we live out as a church, asking, seeking, and knocking, asking in prayer first, seeking the next steps Jesus would call us to take, and knocking on the doors that he alone will open, I believe that's going to spill over into everything else that we do. We're going to see that all the way through, and we're going to get those confirmations. Because as we have that, it's better for us to have that and then also have our word where he gives some confirmation, right? So where you are right now, all of you got some cards, some cards, and it had, uh, it had a list of gifts uh, in alphabetical order starting with Catherine because this is a real nice surprise, Clark. It's just tough crowd, Christmas vacation. If you're not watching the big game, you should check it out. Jesus. Be with us. So, you got this, and on the back it, it says, hey, this is your 2024 word, my 2024 word, and your Vine 2024 word. Here's what I want to help you with. If you don't know your word, I don't want you to feel peer pressure today. I don't want you to feel peer pressure today because you don't know your word. Trust the Lord to give it to you in your time. Because to be quite honest with you, when it comes to your word, uh, I don't know what that is for you. I, I, it's an honor for me to pray for it for you. Uh, to, to have those words and pray those up each and every week. We're going to do something with them in just a little bit. But if you don't know what your word is, that's okay. Um, it's okay. I'll share, with, share you my word in a second. As a matter of fact, as you get ready, here's the word. This isn't going to surprise you what my word is. As you'll see, it's a wonderful picture you'll get to see. This is uh, my word when it comes to it, and then hopefully it'll pop up here in a moment. If not, it's okay. I'll just make up like it is. There you go. There's my word. It doesn't shock anyone that that's my word. No. So first word. Look at that guy. He's just been waiting to lead a halftime show, right? A halftime show. Just somewhere. Look at him. Ready to go. Just too cool for school. That is my infamous. I've been look, We look for that forever, and by God's grace, I had found, that, found the negative of that photo, and so we found that photo. Of course, that's me, old chunk's cheek right there, uh, ready to go. And no, I'm not supporting New Orleans. That was just my word. Maybe that's my word. I promise you that's not what God's word is for you. But whatever God's word is for you, I hope and pray that you are seeking, asking, seeking, and knocking what it is. So I'm going to share with you my word. I, I kind of wrote it down here. And my word this year, uh, and, and this isn't something that you have to have, and I'll tell you, is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. Now, if you've ever heard of this, you can read. Uh, here, I promise you I'm not going to bust out snakes because if y'all do, I'm going to tell you right now, y'all can get bit by them all day long. I'm running out that door. I'm just going to let you know. But if you read about Jehovah Rapha, in the Old Testament, what happened is the Israelites were sick, and Moses had a, a snake on a staff, and God promised all of the Israelites that he would not bring sickness or plagues upon them if they stayed in his will, as he did in Egypt. So Jehovah Rapha means the God of healing. And so that's the word for, that he's given me this year. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that fully means. As a matter of fact, it's just something I've, I've been praying, what would God have for me this year? And that's what God had for me. I hope and pray the same for you, whatever that word is. Because here's the thing I want to tell you about me when it comes to words. 
Uh, each and every one of us, uh, every day, I have the honor and privilege, privilege to pray for each and every one of you. This is a prayer I have for our Vine fam, uh, and it's something I pray for all of the men of our Vine fam every day. And I pray this to the Lord. I pray that every man here at our Vine fam would have the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Samson, and the heart of David with none of their shortcomings. That's my prayer for you. And, and our women, the ladies, my prayer is similar to you. I pray that each and every one of you would have the strength and boldness of Ruth, you would have the wisdom of Esther, and you would have the heart of Mary with none of their shortcomings. You see, outside of that, that that's something that if we could do that, I just, I, I, I love to see that in each of you when I get to see your face on Sundays, because I do. I see that in your life. Maybe that's what your word could be. Maybe your word is prayer. Maybe your word is healing as well. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's becoming. Maybe it's heart. Maybe it is ask, seek, and knock like it is for the vine. I don't know what your word is, but I want to tell you a little story if you want to gather around that might help you before we go deeper into God's word in Matthew again. Now, this is an anecdote I've heard multiple times, so forgive me if you've heard it once or twice, but I think it's something that is a merit and can share with those who may even be graduating here sometime soon. There was a man who was getting ready to retire. I don't know, can we retire anymore in our, I don't know. Anywho, uh, there was a man who was getting ready to retire. He served 40 years at this company, and he had success. And so during the, re the retirement party, I don't know if we do those anymore, maybe they do, maybe they don't, uh, he got up there and of course they roast him to begin with, you know, back before you got in fights when somebody said something bad about you. He shared his successes, which everyone expected to hear, but he also shared his failures. But to everyone in the company, he was the success, the pinnacle of success. Like, he was somebody that you hated to lose because you know how much he brought to the table. And he stood up and he said, I want to tell you why I have success in business. Early on in my journey, I had a mentor, and that mentor came and he met me for lunch, and he gave me a business card. Now, I didn't think much of this business card, but what ended up happening is he talked to me and he said, listen, you are going to go through trials and seasons of your life where you are not going to know what to do. And in my life, when I did that, the only way I was successful that I want to share with you to be successful is I went to this card, and this card had 17 words on it. And he said, I would ask God what he would have me do in this situation. I would seek it inside of these 17 words, and then I would knock on the door and live it out. And so what he did is this little business card had 17 words, and that man stood up at his retirement ceremony, his retirement party, and said, my mentor shared that with me, and it brought me all of my success, and today I'm sharing it with you. So I'm not going to have these words on screen, but I'm going to read them, and you can go back later. And if this is one of your words that God's given you, I would encourage you to use it. Those 17 words that he went to prayer in the Lord for when he was in a crazy situation where he didn't know what to do are this. Prepare. Listen. Smile. Love. Choose. Focus. Believe. Relax. Act, forgive, pray again, trust, change, persist, accept, risk, and wait. He would go to God and say, what do I do in this situation? And he said, God clearly showed me which one of those 17 words that he would have me do. Now, isn't that insane in the membrane? Like, isn't that crazy? But it's awesome. Because how many times do we go in prayer expecting God to answer us? 
You know, if we went to prayer like that with that card, we are going in faith expecting God to give us an answer. I don't know about you, but I don't do that well. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, I know you're going to answer, but I just don't know when. But in that moment, that is what that man attributed every ounce of his success to, and then he shared it with everyone else. So today, maybe your 2024 word is how you're going to get to share the gospel with somebody who doesn't know the Lord. So I would encourage you to do that. For, for others of us, maybe you don't know your word. Say it's prayer. I, I want to share this with you. I, if you know something about me, I, I'm not a smart man. I'm not the smartest man. I do like to read from time to time. But when you are going through seasons, if you give me a prayer request, I go to some words. Uh, this book has been something. As a matter of fact, I heard about it from Pastor Robert Morris in a message that he gave on prayer. Gosh, uh, maybe, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. Uh, and this is a book called Prayers That Avail Much by Jermaine Copeland. And uh, it's, a, it's a great book. It, it's, it's basically, it, it's got all different types of things that people ask for prayer for corporately uh, and in life. And basically, it's a written out prayer, but it is speaking God's word back to him. It goes through Bible verses. And it encourages me. So when it comes to knowing the word that Jesus has for me and knowing the word that I could give you in the season that you're in, I literally just write God's word back to you. The best encouragement you can give somebody is giving God's word back to them, reciting his promise back to them that his word will never fail. And so for each and every one of us, if you know what your word is, go ahead and write that on your card in our time together. If you don't know, it's okay. Because we're going to do something with this in just a minute, okay? What we're going to do is uh, we're going to have a drawing. I'm just kidding. We're not. That would be funny though, right? No, it wouldn't. Let's be serious. In the Lord. Sorry. Uh, let's get back to Matthew 7 and talk about why this word matters and, and going back to what Jesus has for us. Matthew 7, verse 9 through 12. We started with what ask, seek, and knock means, and now we're going to go and take it one step down the line further. And it says this. Jesus teaches, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How do we get the good gifts from God? What does he end with? What do we got to do? We got to do what to him? We got to ask him. Oh, really quick. Ask, seek, and knock. What's the first one of those letters spell out? A-S-K, ask. It starts with asking God, the ask. Ask, there was a hard K at the end of that. Don't kick me off of this. Ask, ask. Goes on to this in verse 12. So in everything, do unto others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. We know that as the golden rule, right? This is the golden rule. The world knows this as the golden rule. What is Jesus teaching us here? Not just that, yes, we're evil, we'll unpack that more, but he's saying, hey, if you really seek to give good gifts to those you love, understand that it is pointing to the perfect gift that the Lord has given us in Christ Jesus, no matter what we do, because that is the ultimate gift. That is the ultimate treasure. That is the answer to that questions we're asking. It is the treasure that we are seeking in this life, and it is the only house, the only sanctuary we'll ever find. It's really the only door we ever want opened is a door that welcomes Jesus in. In Revelation 3.20, right, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, I will come in and I will eat with you. I will dine with you. In other words, I will be in communion with you. I will have a relationship with you. 
Jesus told the Pharisees something similar to the golden rule. What is it that he said to the guy uh, the, to the, in Matthew 22 to the, the lawyer was the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe that doesn't quite resonate. Let, let's get to something we like to talk about when I talk about blessing. Luke 6, go ahead and get in your Bible. Luke 6, what does this mean? So we're talking about this. Luke 6, really quick. Luke 6, verse 37 to 38. Luke 6, verse 37 and 38. And it's going to be familiar to us, but we got to see how this goes and why this matters for us. Luke 6, verse 7 and 38. <laughs> 37 and 38. Sorry, I said 7 and 38. That would have been really bad because y'all would have revolted, and I don't blame you. Verse 37 says this. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, pouring upon your lap, or will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you use, it will be measured to you. Now, I love this. When we talk about generosity and giving, we love verse 38 because it says the measure with, with, measure with which you give, it will be measured to you. So, in other words, God's saying, test me in this. Bring the tithe to my storehouse and see if I won't do it. In other words, he's saying with we give generously, we can expect generosity back. If we give forgiveness, we can expect forgiveness back. Here's what we don't like to hear, though. If we give condemnation— we should expect condemnation back. And if we give judgment, we should expect judgment back. See, I don't know about you, but I would rather God's word be the one of judgment. <laughs> I don't need my condemnation because I can walk in his forgiveness through Christ Jesus. And through that, then I can be extremely irrationally generous with everyone. And so for us, this is why that matters when it comes to the word of God. Because that's why you have your other two cards here in the house today. And, and I just want to say, when it comes to that, the last week we talked about forgiveness, and we're kind of going to take a next step in that today. Maybe you don't have your card with you, but this is an exercise you can do at home, uh, and, and you can do it today. Maybe you just think of one person. Last week we posed the question and said, bring it back here, who do you need to forgive? I go back and catch up. Why we talked about that is your forgiveness of them does not condone what they did to you. It does not condone sin. We, we said Jesus didn't die on the cross to condone our sin. Instead, it was to set us free from it. Why does this matter? You are forgiving them, and it sounds crazy, but we're taking God at his word so that forgiveness comes back to you. So there's anyone you need to forgive today. There should be a blank card that you have Write down a name, write down some names. You can do this exercise later if you don't have it today, and that's okay. So if you have some folks that you need to forgive and who you need to forgive today, I want you to do me a, a big, big favor. I'm going to step away. You're not going to see me on camera for just a moment. Hopefully we don't pop here. The reason that, uh, man, what if I did it this way? What if you just spoke and y'all just had to stay there, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, if you will? as we go there. So go ahead and write those names if there's anybody you need to forgive today. Everybody got some names? I hope Tyler's name's at the top of the list. I'm just saying, you got to forgive me. So you write, you write there, S-P-R-E, you know, anywho's, you write Verizon parking lot. You just write the name of all right, if you got a name, here's what I want you to do. I want you to flip it over on the blank side very quickly. Can you do that for me? Give me an amen if you can. All right, everybody's excited. They can. All right, Jesus, 
On the back side of that card, as big as you can write, I want you to write Jesus' name. Not on the side that you wrote the names you need to forgive. I want you to write Jesus' name. This is why. Because Jesus covers it. See, the name that should be on all of our cards that needs forgiveness is us, right? We have to have the forgiveness of Jesus before we can extend it to others. But if there's somebody who needed to be forgiven more than anyone, it's my name at the top of that card. But you see, as we write Jesus' name and we have him cover these names and what he would have us do, I want you to do something here. If you have some names, you see where you have that name of Jesus and those you need to forgive, I want you to give it to him and you go ahead and you rip that card. Now, you may not do this today. You may do it later. Maybe you just got one name. Maybe more names are going to come to mind because you're giving it to Jesus and he's going to tell you how you can walk in forgiveness to them. See, as Jesus covers it today, as we go looking along, I get excited about this because not only do we have Jesus covering this, we know that his word is covering us. So you've got another piece of paper there. If you want to hang on to these, we're going to do something with our trash, our little forgiveness card in a moment. If you are so emboldened, I want you to write your word on the other blank card. And if you need some blank cards later to do the forgiveness thing at home, that's awesome. I'll make sure that we give you some because I do have some extras by God's grace. I want you to write your word on that blank card if you would be so bold. And we're going to do something here in just a moment with your forgiveness card and your word. We're going to bring them to the altar, but I want to set something up when we do this. Right now, none of us would know how to forgive others if we didn't first experience the forgiveness of Christ. We know those that are in our life that are trying to find that forgiveness. And sometimes we forget what it was like to not know that forgiveness right? So, in other words, we, we, we forget what it was like to knock on all the wrong doors and have them slammed in our face. We forget what it was like seeking the treasure of this world and believing that the one who dies with the most toys wins, but we were still carried out by six, just like everybody else. We forget that we were asking the question of how can we be on the winning team constantly, and we tried to change our jersey all the time, right? We forget that. So let me help today as we go through this. I hope that this will, will land before we bring these cards up. Let's think about this. As we share the gospel, all of us were born on the wrong team. Genesis 1, we weren't created to be on the wrong team. As a matter of fact, we were created to wear the jersey of God's team. We were perfect. We were in perfect. We were in his will. When we were made in his image, we were perfect. But then all of a sudden, Genesis 3 comes along, and we decide our will is better than his will, Right? And we decide we know it better. So when I say, what is sin in our life? I say it's anything that's not perfect because the will of God is perfect. And I don't know about you, and you may be as close to perfect as possible, but there's none of us that are perfect. Today, there's going to be two teams that play in a game, and their game plan will not be perfectly executed. There will be mistakes. None of us can be perfect on our own. And so because of that, we can't wear the jersey of God's team. So we are born with a jersey of sin on. And it don't matter what we do, we can try to scrape it off. We can try to put on the, the, the jersey of success in the world, the jersey of a new car, the jersey of a certain street address, the jersey of a full bank account, the jersey of the right job, the right degree. We can keep trying to put the jerseys of this world on. But at the end of the day, we are still wearing the jersey of sin. 
with no hope to be perfect on the right and winning team. And so God, what he does, right? We know this. We know the gospel. Instead of leaving us on the losing team in sin, he says, I'm going to come to you and make a way for you to be on the winning team. And so what Jesus does for us is he lives the perfect sinless life we couldn't live. Now we have access to the jersey of perfection on God's team, right? Because what are we covered and clothed in in Christ? His perfection, right? So now he comes to live the perfect sinless life we couldn't live. He dies the death we deserve on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, which is God's wrath right? So now not only do we know that Jesus has given us a jersey of perfection, now through faith in him, we can put it on. But he doesn't stop there. Because we know on the third day what happens. He rises again. He defeats death, hell, and the grave, and he leaves an empty tomb to remind us. So what does that mean? We not only have access to the jersey of God's team through the perfection and finished work of Christ, we can put the jersey on through his sacrifice and death, but now we get to get in the game through him being risen again for us. And we get to be on the winning team for eternity. We don't have to worry about the play that's called. We just have to take the next step in him. And so now from here on out, we are wearing the jersey of God's team. And church, I don't know about you, but it's fun to be on the winning team, isn't it? It's fun. In all seasons, it's fun. You know why? Because you can sack the quarterback on this play, but I already know the score's already, I already know who's going to win. I already know the score. Bet on that. Vegas would be mad, right? Like, bet on that. So, church, today as we go out, that's what we're sharing, the jersey of the team that we're on. We all, I love to have fun like this because we get to wear our teams, and I like to have fun at church because, you know what, growing up, it wasn't always fun at church, and I understood why, is we had to be reverent. But if you ever know, if you were in a youth group, if you weren't in a youth group growing up and got yelled at because you were too loud by the senior citizens, you weren't in the right youth group. I'm just telling you right now, you missed out. And it was always at the Super Bowl because they were upstairs having prayer meeting and all the kids are going nuts because they're getting hocked up on Mountain Dew. When I was there, it was Surge because the Coca-Cola had that. That was an energy drink. We didn't have Red Bull back then. And, and, and pizza, right? Everybody's going and losing their minds. Why can't church always feel that way? Shouldn't we be losing our mind? Because we know God's word will never fail. Like if I'm sick today and I come in here, you know what? Hey, I, I know God's got me. Hey, if I, if I don't know where my job is, come tomorrow, I know God's got me. Hey, Jehovah, he's Jireh, right? He is good enough, right? He is there. We know that he is it. He is all that we need when we go and we walk in that. Hey, when I just said sickness, he is Jehovah Rapha. Like, he is my wholeness. He is my healing. He is the one who is going to give me the perfect resurrected body. It don't matter how many sit-ups I do, how many push-ups I do, how many squats I do, and I do a lot of squats every day. You know, whatever I do, I can be excited and I can share it. You see, this world that we live in, they don't expect that. They expect anger and condemnation from Christians. But instead, we get to extend forgiveness and generosity. And so today, for those who are watching online, what we're going to do is we're going to say a prayer. It's not the words of this prayer that saves you. It's the faith that Jesus is who he says he is. 
And so we pray out loud for the benefit of those coming to faith for the first time and celebrating God's team adding new members. Paul tells us how we can have this prayer of faith in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, and he says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, or you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth you profess your faith and are saved. It's not the words, it's the faith. And so God hears the prayer of faith today. So we're going to pray out loud for the benefit of those that are coming to faith right now. So please, with every head bow and every eye closed, repeat these words after me. After me. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life I couldn't live, died the death I deserve, paying the penalty for my sins on the cross, but loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. With every head bow and every eye closed, whether you're in the house or watching online, I'm going to ask you to do something boldly. If for the first time you have confessed Jesus as Lord, you have put on the jersey of God's team because you are now covered and clothed in Christ. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand boldly on the count of three. One, two, three. If you're in the house, if you're online, you can raise your hand. You may see a comment that has the vine.tv slash respond. You can shoot us a message in the app or shoot us a message online. We would love to celebrate this with you because here's the thing. The angels in heaven are louder than anything that's going to be on the TV tonight when, during a performance or during the game-winning thing, during the game-winning drive. And I want to tell you here in God's house, we are thankful that you are a part of God's team, but this is your starting block. We want to get you not only wearing the jersey, but in the game with a local church near you. So we want to celebrate that with you today. And for the rest of us, before we go in this time of worship, I just want to take a moment. You can look up today. Uh, if you had a forgiveness card or you had— or you have your word before we have this moment of worship, I'm just going to ask you just to boldly take it and lay it up here on the altar, wherever it is. You, you can just put it in one space. If you have ripped that up and you have a card and, and you have your word, so like for me, I would have one that says Jehovah Rapha. That's my word, and I'm going to collect those because I love to pray over that for each and every one of us. If you've got some forgiveness cards, you can just throw it here, and I promise you, people aren't going to be mad at you, uh, and, and it's okay if you don't have it, but I just want us to have this act of worship to returning to the Lord empty and saying, God, we only want to carry what you have for us. I know when I carry what I think I need, I always fall up short, but when I carry uh, your word, God, it does not return void. And so if some do this and some don't, that's okay. If you didn't get to do it today, go home this week and have this moment. Do this practice with God. Ask him who he would have you forgive. Ask him how he would ask you to empty your hands so that you can receive the word that he has for you so that you can go out in the streets and seek what he has for you to seek and knock on the door that he has for you. So could you stand up and then we're going to continue into worship in this moment. Uh, today. And so let's pray so that we can continue worship. Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you that in you, we know that you are the fulfillment of God's word never failing. You are the word in flesh. Jesus, right now, all of us have something we, we, we brought in here. Once again, we beg you, Jesus, that we would lay it at your feet and we would walk knowing that your word will never fail. 
Right now, Jesus, as we go out in the streets, may, may we be so excited and so willing to share your word because we know it won't fail, because we've experienced it not failing in our lives, that no game on television, no halftime performance, no commercial, no, no big thing that happens on television today should ever, ever outshout our praise to you, Jesus, not even the rocks itself. So as we come to you today, I pray and we look back that we would see your past faithfulness, seeing that it is your word never failing, but we also look forward to your future provision. And so we thank you, Jesus, as we come to you today. We pray that we would continue to lift your name high and only receive what you have for us. And we go out in these streets and share you with everyone you place in our path. We love you, Lord. It's for your name and for your glory. Amen.
the air violin there it was exciting so we are so thankful we pray that all the way through that as we go to the lord man what if we just shared that listen we got the best thing in the world it doesn't matter who's going to be elected president it doesn't matter how much taxes we do or don't have to pay or how high our electric bill is or isn't forgive me lord wherever we are right now uh, we can share the hope of christ with everyone they're searching for him as we once were let's not forget what he saved us from because when we do that we're going to have healthy relationships and, and maybe you don't, maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't about uh, baby locking the door and, and turn the lights down low. Maybe, maybe you just want to have a great relationship with your family where you can just finally say, hello, darling. Nice to see you. No? Yeah. I mean, come on. It's old school. We got, I mean, yeah, we can, I mean, stand by your man. Like, are we going to get Tammy Wynette and we're going to get this going? Nobody knows. But either way, the most important thing in all of our relationships is Jesus. So I can't wait to see your smiling face next week. We're praying away sickness. We're praying for healing for everyone who can't be here. We got some seats ready for you, some zero calorie food on the way, and we're going to learn how we can live in God's relationship design. Have an awesome week. A happy Valentine's. A great big game. Happy Puppy Bowl. Happy Mardi Gras. Happy Lent. I think I got everything. And remember, the best is still yet to come.